Let's do some bashing. Hello and welcome to Amateur Skeptics Podcast number 48. I'm your host, Brian. With me this evening is Ian. Good evening, everybody! And Kimberly. Hello. And, needing no further introduction, Mac. Ian, dude, you sounded like Kermit for a minute. <laughs> okay. Well, I, have, I do have kind of a frog in my throat tonight, so maybe he was talking through me. Oh. Okay. Channeling Kermit, nice. We shouldn't mention what I did to Kermit. <laughs> that was years ago. <laughs> that was years ago. <laughs> we, uh, according to Fox News, you know, Kermit is a um, liberal propaganda machine. So Nice. Well, so this is going to be our... Uh... Well, according to Fox News, I think Rush Limbaugh's a liberal propaganda machine. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't they slightly to the right of Attila the Hun? <laughs> No, they're fair and balanced. They said so. You know, I, don't know, I don't know why you're complaining about Attila Hun. Or Attila Hun had an active outdoor lifestyle. Okay, so Brian, you guys had an interesting. We week. did, and this came. This came about what last Thursday or Friday. Um, we had known for a little while that James Randy was coming to town, and so we were trying to get more information. So we emailed Brian Thompson um, from. The Amateur Scientist Podcast, and uh, and we're like, you know, what's going on? You know, what, I mean, do you know? Can we get some more information? And he finally got back to us, and it's like, hey, you know what? Randy has some extra time. You know, if you want to, you know, sit down and have dinner with him, you know. So we set that up for Tuesday, and uh, we had what? I think Is that, that thirty people. Yeah, thirty people at least, and there were people on the waiting list for this. Um, it was. I mean, and people showed up. In fact, people that I've never seen show up to a skeptics event um, were there that night. I, I, but it's funny because there's there's a there's a kind of a core group of us, um, and that you know we all kind of know each other. Um, then there's and then there was there's some people that are you know interested enough to come out for Randy, which which was which was great. So we um, this is probably one of our our bigger meetups, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> well, bigger, bigger in the number of people interested. It was a smallish kind of room. I mean, I thought it was great. I thought it was perfectly sized because anything more would have been tougher. But um, I, I agree with you. It was definitely some people we hadn't seen before, which is awesome. And there was definitely a lot of interest. Yeah. So it was, it was, uh, it was quite fun. And I got to sit right next to Randy. Um, and he was, uh, you know, he he's done so much. He was telling stories about stuff that he'd done. Um, apparently, um, when Space Odyssey uh, 2001 came out, he uh, he watched that movie like what did he say, 200 times in in a couple of weeks, you know. And uh, so I, I guess he was helping him proof that or something. And so he had all these things that. He, all right. I don't. I, now where was I? You were sitting next to Randy. Yeah, and so about yeah, so stuff. he was talking about uh, Space Odyssey, and he had watched it quite a few times. It came out, so he had a whole bunch of stuff that he knew was uh, uh, mistakes that they had made in the film, and uh, so he was, uh, you know, he was telling us that you know when the uh, Blu-ray came out, he was really excited, you know, and sit down with some people and he was going to show them all the stuff, you know, that all the all the little. Um, uh, and errands or um, incongruities and stuff like that, and uh, they took them all out. They fixed everything. He said for for that for that release. Wow. Yeah. Um. He was telling us about one where um the guys uh, climbing up to turn off Hal, 
and he he couldn't climb with his uh, pants connected to the boots, completely sealed. He couldn't climb up okay. the, uh, and so they had to disconnect it. And apparently the guy was wearing um, um, socks that his mom had made that had diamonds on them. <laughs> and, and Randy saw the socks. And uh, so that got fixed. So I guess if you want to catch some of those things, you got to go fat, go find the Blu-ray or find the old laser disc or something like that. Find an older yeah. version before they fixed everything. Yeah. I think my dad has a laser disc. Yeah. And so and he told us some other stories and stuff they did. But I, you know, I, I swear the guy can't help himself. You know, I mean, forks were disappearing. <laughs> I hope all the silverware reappeared before he left. Right. But he is so good. At, uh, you know, his vanishes and stuff like that. And so I'm sitting next to him and I am watching his hands. I'm not looking at his face. I'm watching his hands and he knows it, you know, when he's mm-hmm. doing these tricks and stuff. And so he's playing it up. I mean, it was, it, it was really neat. It was a lot of fun to, to watch. I mean, cause he's such a master and the stuff that he does, nothing is quick. He's just so good and smooth that, I mean, you, you just can't, you, you, I couldn't catch him. Yeah. And or when I thought I caught him, it turned out that he had misdirected me. Yes. By like me trying to catch him, like like that was the misdirection. Right. I, was, I, I yeah. thought it was awesome. He he knows that he 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 knows that you know we, we are people there that that want who want to catch him, and he he still misdirects us. Yeah. And it was funny even though we think we know what we're looking for. Exactly. Yeah, because it was funny because he was doing one thing. He was making that napkin disappear, and I'm watching his hands, and I see him, and then he kind of does a thing where he, he kind of tucked it in, mm-hmm. and he kind of turned his shoulder to me. But by the time the trick was over. I, I mean, it was just, he, it was already gone by the time he, you know, was doing that and he did the dust, you know, and he's turning his back to me and stuff. It was, it was pretty funny. It was, it was a good time. Uh, he, and he was a lot of fun. A neat guy. Yeah. Definitely glad I got to, to meet him because I have heard him on a lot of different podcasts and I know he has done so much for the, the movement, especially back when, you know, the movement wasn't quite so popular. He, he really kind of came out and did a lot of this early on. And, um, he's an old guy. So, I mean, you know, you, you wonder how many chances you'll get to meet him. So I was really glad to get the opportunity because I don't know when or if I'll ever make it to Tam. Yeah, I don't know either. Yeah. But this was awesome. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. But the, so the other people that I got to meet, um, were Brian Thompson and Carrie Poppy. And, uh, so Brian Thompson is the host of the Amateur Scientist podcast. And that's, you know, that's, that's where kind of the idea for the, the name of this podcast came from. The Amateur Skeptics was listening to his show. And so I was, since we were doing something different and more skeptical, you know, and so I went up to him and I introduced myself and I said, I'm the host of the Amateur Skeptics podcast. And he says, yeah, I've heard about it. I said, yeah, you know, I haven't gotten the cease and desist order. So we've just pushed forward. <laughs> And so, so we, we have his blessing now, you know, as long as we're not trying to do a, uh, you know, a, a comical podcast like he does, he's, he, he was fine. Yeah. So that, that was me. And then Carrie Poppy seemed nice. I didn't really get to talk to her much, but I didn't she, get to talk to either one of them yeah. actually. She's from the, um, Oh No Ross and Carrie podcast. And, uh, so they, they've been going out and doing a lot of pretty cool stuff. They go, they, they did ear candling. They went and saw the Sikhs. They became Mormons. Um, they did acupuncture. So, right. yeah. So it's her, the, their podcast is pretty neat that, you know, they put one out, uh, about one a month. And so they've, uh, so, um, her and Ross have a pretty neat podcast too. So, and is she local or? No, she's not. Um, she was there with, she's traveling yeah, with she's Randy. She's traveling with Randy, I guess. I, I, I don't know. I didn't ask too many questions. Okay. About that, I was just glad to have Randy there, and I was glad to get to meet both of them. So, so then cool. you went to his lecture. The next yeah, day. and I went to his lecture, and 
there, there's really not much that's in this lecture that you couldn't find online. Um, you know, I mean, a lot of it's, you know, he talks about the homeopathy. He does the thing with the glasses where he's not, you know, has no lenses in there. Um, you know, a lot of, so it's, so you can, you could put together pretty much everything that he, that he did, you know, by, you know, by looking on YouTube. Um, it's, he's just is such a neat presenter. Right. And of course he's doing magic tricks throughout it. You know, he does a mentalism trick and, uh, and he does a couple of other tricks and, and he just he's just funny. I mean, he's an entertainer, so mm-hmm. uh, it, it was fun to watch. But I, I would say that it wasn't anything new. It was just nice to see him in person. Cool. Yeah. So, uh, like I say, any um, he did he showed some of the stuff. Um, he showed the um, um, pop off debunking that he did, right. and then he sh- then he showed how psychic surgery was done. Um, and so he played those videos from the Johnny Carson show. So that was neat, um, cause I had seen those before, but never in quite that quality. You know, he right. has, he has good quality of those videos. So that, that, it was, it was interesting to watch those in a little bit better quality. But, um, like I said, they're on YouTube. You can go and watch them. So yeah, so that was, uh, we had a, we definitely had a good time. Cool. Okay. So the next, so that, that same night, and I'm sorry, I put it wrong on here. It was actually Wednesday. Um, I did not make Randy's lecture, but I went to Boulder to a new meetup group called the Boulder Apologetics Group. And I mentioned it on the last podcast, so I went. Um, and it was just a group of six people. It was, um, we met in this little cafe, not the original one we were going to. Um, but just a couple of earnest guys, um, each had kind of an interesting story about why they were there and what they were trying to do. Um, I was definitely the only out atheist. Um, there were a couple of people kind of struggling with their beliefs and stuff, but their idea was to get together and really kind of look at the arguments for God, for Christianity, um, discuss the evidence, um, which I'll get into in a second here. Um, and they just basically want to talk about it. And I, I, they also kind of all struck me as wanting some friends in it um i I think they they don't have a lot of people to talk about this stuff with and so um that was another one of their goals no that strikes me as odd um i mean certainly that's why i went and found the 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 skeptics group right so that i could be with like-minded people but it seems like with as many christians as we supposedly have that that finding people that are in that you know that are talking about this stuff and doing apologetics should be much easier than finding skeptics you would think so yeah and and i think what they're the way they kind of see it is that um while yes there's a lot of christians out there they there are not as many people questioning things there's not many people who want to try to figure out uh the science or the the whole thing behind it they're more um they believe what they're told and they're good christians but they're not necessarily doing all the questioning that these people want to do so in a way that's really positive they're they're looking for answers they're looking for um at least in their heads they want evidence to back up their beliefs but they're coming at it from a position of belief right they they believe that's in god they believe in christianity and but they and they're looking to affirm that in some way that's right and that that's basically I think that's a fairly good definition of apologetics. It's definitely working from the we know we're right and here's how we know we're right and here's what backs it up and stuff, which, you know, is very opposite of the scientific method kind of stuff that we talk about all the time on here. Right. Um, I would even go so far as to say it, it kind of makes 
a lot of what they say pretty suspect to me. Um, well, well, sure, because they're coming at it from a position of we we already know this is true. We know we we just want to justify our beliefs. Right. Right. So, um, so it was interesting. I mean, there were people from kind of different walks of life in there. Um, one guy was like a microbiologist um, who left the Baptist church and now is trying to figure out where to go with things because, you know, he's, he's pretty well into the science. He gets evolution and stuff like that, so he knows that that part doesn't match up for him. Um, but he's not at all ready to leave things behind. Um, then there was... Um, and this I found really disturbing. There were two guys who are basically campus crusaders. Uh, one is a lot older and one is older than a college student, but certainly younger than me. Um, but I've seen them before on college campuses. They spend a lot of time basically trying to convert the students to Christianity. And um, I found that a little troublesome. Just, I don't know, the vibe that they gave off. And, and I, I do recognize the irony of me using a statement like that. But they... They just struck me a, a little bit wrong. Um, so At least they're not hanging around elementary school playgrounds. It's not very because there's a different there's a different. Name <laughs> for that. I you know what I would I I mean if we really wanted to get into it I would question what the difference is. There is still a power play going on here, um, and it and it does have a charge of twisting and manipulating people. Do they so have candy I'm, with them? <laughs> oh, Practically yes. Uh, if if I mean, they don't have candy, that's the difference. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I'm I'm not sure I see the difference, nor am I sure that I am accusing them of anything in particular. I'm okay. just saying I was a little squicked out by them. Huh. Anyway. Uh, um, onwards. Yeah. What was this AFH at Colorado Humanists? Oh, okay. Oh, are, are you I, done? I, I just wanted to I, just finish up real yeah, quick. Please, let her finish, say, please. Um, what I found really interesting, so we're trying to talk about what we're going to talk about in this group, and I'm like, well, we're not going to have to waste our time on any kind of, like, you know, proving evolution or that the Earth is more than 4,000 years old, right? And um, apparently we do need to go back to those questions. Really? Yeah, which I'm I was kind of surpri- like, I'm, I'm not, not surprised. sure I have the time for this kind of crap. Yeah, that's, you know, but that but that's, I, they have to. How can they not? <clears throat> Some of them do, some of them don't. I don't know. I don't know. But um, so anyway, there's another meeting this week. In since we're doing announcements here, um, this Thursday they're going to be meeting again. I'm not positive I'll be getting there, but um, but yeah. So it was very interesting. Um, they still say they really want skeptics and um, rationalists to go and um, kind of challenge them, but there's very much a uh, they're they're solid in what they believe. So doesn't sound like they all are though. I yeah, that's probably true. And that's but the, it'll you know, be interesting to see how it works out. That's that's really the the purpose in doing this kind of stuff is is, is like not for those campus crusaders. It's for the it's for the people in the wings that yeah. these discussions are really valuable for. So I'll probably have more to report because I I as much as I find like I'm kind of thinking I should leave it alone because I'm I think I'm going to spend a lot of time with a bloody forehead trying to convince these people of things. Um, I'm intrigued at the same time. And like you say, and I do think that there's some people who could probably hear some rationality. Yeah. Kimberly, I think Denver has some anti-stoning regulations. Oh, okay. Are you, oh, you were talking about bashing your head against the wall. Never mind. That's different. 
So, um, and the last thing I wanted to mention, it's in the past that's already happened, was I went to the uh, Colorado Humanist meeting last night, and our friend Eric Muir presented there about AFH, um, some good discussion there, and a very exciting idea is um, generating right now, it's called the Secular Hub, and the idea behind it is to um, create basically a meeting space, uh, a, a place that we could go, couches, chairs, um, a library, a bar, that would be basically a membership organization for secularists, atheists, skeptics, um, for the community to kind of build into one place. Um, so I found that very, very exciting because that was, uh, I, I've been really hoping we could get something like that. It really sounds like in 2012, Denver is going to make a stab at doing this. So I think it could be very exciting. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Upcoming events, I'll go through real quick. Um, Cafe Science is doing its meeting on modeling El Nino in the 21st century tomorrow at the Wine Coop. Uh, as I said, Thursday is the second meeting of those Boulder Apologetics people. On uh, Saturday, the Denver Atheists and the uh, Atheists for Humanity are doing a blood drive um, for the holiday season. Um, on Friday the 23rd, there's a winter, winter solstice party. Um, I think it's already filled up. Um, I think I'm on a waiting list, in fact. Um, but interesting to see how many people were interested in doing something like that. And then, from what I've seen on the meetup and stuff, things really shut down for a couple of weeks. Um, we've mentioned before Mythbusters Live is going to be on the 12th. Um, at the Denver Museum of Nature and Science on the 18th and the 19th, respectively, is a zoologist's amazing Mongolian adventures. And then the 19th Science Lounge, Know Your Snow. So that is yeah. your current events coming up. And uh, I'll just add to that. <clears throat> on the uh, 28th, IIG will be meeting. And we're going to be meeting at the um, Auraria campus. And we're going to look up. Uh, Missy's going to teach us to do some research stuff. Is so. that the 28th or the 20th? 28th. Third. Okay. 28th. Uh, on, okay. that, on that know your snow thing, mm -hmm. you, how, what types of snow is it important to know? Uh, apparently there are many types. I don't know anything about them. You know where he's going with this. No, I, I don't as, long as, as long as we can identify the yellow snow, yeah, I think yeah. we're safe. That's where he was going? That's where he was going. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. Um, it's yellow yeah, because and there, and there is no. Sorry, there there is no IIG meeting for the uh, the no, December. No, not for the no, not for December. Okay. Yeah. All right. So that's the end of the announcements. There we go. All right. Okay. Okay. So now, uh, we're, we have um, so we have some stories that we've covered, and it seems like this week we we have a we have four updates on stories that we've covered before, um, and so let's uh, uh Kimberly is going to talk to us about uh the bom um terrorist bomber in Norway. Yeah. Just a real quick um. Looks like my article needs a redirect. Um, basically, if we all remember the guy in Norway who um, proceeded to shoot a lot of students, and um, it was a really horrible thing that happened. Um, and I just wanted—I I just saw an article saying that the psychic evaluation of him has found that uh, he was clinically insane at the time of the attacks. Um, this means that he will basically be spending the rest of his life in uh, in a hospital. That doesn't necessarily mean to me that he's spending the rest of his life in a hospital. They're saying he was insane at the time of the attacks. Doesn't say he's insane now. Well, it sounds almost kind of conditional. Like, well, he was crazy. He was crazy then, but he's okay now. Yeah, I guess it says here if the court accepts the conclusion that he was deranged at the time of the attacks, he could spend the rest of his life in psychiatric care. 
uh, his freedom curtailed, but not because of a pr- prison sentence. So I guess this isn't over yet. This is an initial thing, but they had still have to accept it, though. I mean, that this is what they're presenting, but I don't think right. it's been accepted and and said, okay, he was, you know, he was crazy at the time. Yeah, but but it's moving forward. So yeah, it was a horrible okay. attack. And have they have they talked about what kind of insanity? Not the article. It was temporary insanity. It sounds like that's what they're saying. But they don't go into a lot of detail no. so far. I guess that'll probably come out during the actual case and when they make this decision. Yep. All right. Uh, San Francisco McDonald's finds way scary. around toy band. Well, a little while ago we talked about how San Francisco is trying to do a toy band to force McDonald's to make healthier meals for the kids. And while they've done some healthier meals, the meals don't, still don't officially fit with the San Francisco standards. So... What McDonald's did is now in San Francisco, uh, if you want a toy, it is officially separate from the meal. However, if you buy a Happy Meal, it's only $0.10 cents for the toy, and the $0.10 cents goes to the Ronald McDonald House. So basically, um, you're donating $0.10 cents in order to get the toy just so that the uh, um, McDonald's doesn't have to make it so no one wants to eat their food. <laughs> And you know, this is the kind of thing that's going to happen. When you try and start forcing your ideas on people, they're going to look for ways around it. And I honestly I think this is a good idea. I know, um, personally, I've, I've known people that have used the Ronald McDonald houses um, when they've needed them, and they've praised them because basically my understanding is they are a place where families can stay while a kid is in another state um, doing um, medical stuff so that the families have a place to stay you know, instead of going to a hotel that might cost them money and, you know, stuff like that. And, you know, I've heard great things about them. So, actually, I think in the end, it's, you know, a very beneficial thing. Yeah. And I, I didn't agree with the the law to begin with. Well, um, I got to tell you, the problem I have with the law is that it basically sounds to me like, hey, parents, are you are not doing a good enough job, so we're going to help you out. Right. Mm-hmm. As far as the charging for the toy, Ian, you totally called that, did you not? I, I think have- he did. I'm pretty sure you did. Back that for me, yeah. I think you said all they have to do is, etc., etc., etc. Insert quote from this article. Maybe they listened to our podcast and stole my idea. It's possible. And you, you saved you them? saved them millions of dollars in lawyer fees. That's awesome. Yeah, they'll probably yeah they'll probably give you like ten cents. Oh man! Now people are going to say we're on the we're on the paycheck of big fatty foods. Oh I yes, did. please send the check over. <laughs> yeah, we can be bought. <laughs> Since we're talking San Francisco, Ian, any update on the whole uh, banning of circumcision thing? Um, I haven't heard anything, but you know, you know, I haven't really looked. So that'd be an update to look up for future. Yeah, that must have gone to a vote by now, but I, I don't know what the result was either. I, it must have been. It must have failed. I think otherwise we would have heard about it. Yeah, I don't know. All right, Sweat Lodge. So this is uh, Arthur Ray, um, and he is the gentleman who was doing the whole secret stuff, and um, uh, James Arthur Ray. And so he has um, – it's – you know, it's – I don't know. Th- this article, I was a little confused. It says that he was found uh, found guilty and is being sentenced to two year, a two-year sentence. Um, 
and then there's fraud, wrongful death. Right, and then there's the civil um, settlement, and in the settlement, um, the, some the lawyer tried to say, well, by by making the settlement, he's saying that he's guilty, and his lawyer said, well, no, that's not what it's saying. But he was already found guilty, so I don't know. I was a little confused about um, the lawyer's speak there, why that was uh, still necessary for him not to declare guilt even after he was found guilty. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I, looking at the picture, uh, it certainly he looks remorseful, but uh, you know it's, it's a still, so you can't really tell much. Uh, Brian, but, my thought on the uh, on the not wanting to be declared guilty in the civil trial, mm-hmm. I have a feeling that that's to avoid further civil trials from other people who have been dissatisfied. Right. Well, and regardless, you know, he people didn't. Who, yeah. People who used the secret and didn't get what they wanted. Right. Or his services afterwards. Yeah. Exactly. You know, I, I don't know. I, I'd really like to, I don't know, maybe be a few years, but I'd like to ask this guy, do, do you still believe in what you were preaching? Um, because how, how can you, you know, look at what this secret is supposed to do and everything and then look at what happened and, and still say, well, I think it works. Well, you know, obviously he was using the secret himself, and what he was trying to achieve was he wanted a, a close friend who would be near <laughs> him all the time. Oh. And he should have just joined the Catholic Church then. <laughs> moving on. All right, so moving on uh, to the next one. Um, this is an article. Um, so we 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 we. I covered this a while back. This is about the arsenic in apple juice, and the um, FDA was not happy with um, Dr. Oz's coverage of it, and uh, and legitimately so. Um, he he failed to do a lot of stuff. The way that he promoted his findings and everything was 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 not good. So a consumer group went and uh, redid his his test and corrected for a few things. It doesn't, you know, unfortunately, it didn't really say if they, if they corrected for everything, um, and. One of the issues that they, um, I don't know, there was a couple of issues and I know for sure they said they, they corrected for one. Um, and I can't, I'm not seeing what that is offhand, but, um, one of the issues was that they reported total arsenic as opposed to breaking it into its component parts. And so there's organic arsenic and inorganic arsenic. Right. And our body can get rid of inorganic ar- or organic arsenic with no problem. It's the inorganic arsenics that we have the most issues with. And, and so they claim in this study that they, um, that they found, um, inorganic arsenics to be above, um, appropriate levels. But the problem with apple juice is that it, it, it well, they, they found them above appropriate levels for water. Well, right. And, but, but there is no standard for juices. Right. And I think this is a mistake on the part of the FDA because let's face it. People might be drinking as much, if not more, juice than water. It's potentially possible, and so I think that there probably should be a guideline. But there's a, but there is a guideline that's saying that if it's above um, 25 parts per billion, um, that is a problem. And they're claiming, oh no, they're claiming that the, they found I think the 25. standard for water is actually 23. No, uh, I thought the standard for water was 15. That might have been bottled water, if I remember correctly. Um, you might, yeah, that might be true. Regardless, the problem is, is that they, 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 in this article, they made a claim that they found inorganic arsenics, um, that were higher, but they still only reported total arsenics. They didn't break it down in this article. So I was a little, I, I was a little miffed about that because it's like, if you're going to tell me that, then show me the numbers, but they didn't show me the numbers. So the, so I know that they found 
total arsenic at 25 and the the uh, I guess there's another standard word becomes harmful at 23 parts per billion so there's there's I, I don't know I didn't get all the answers from this article they might be out there um, but it doesn't it confirms some of what dr. Oz was saying but it doesn't let him off the hook for inappropriately um, for the way that he presented his findings. It doesn't well, let this, him off the hook. The study is flawed as well. Yeah, you know the way he presented his findings and the way this study is is presented are hand in hand, and neither one of them is correct. Well, I don't know about this one. Whether it's presented is certainly incorrect, but but the study might be better than his. Um, they certainly, I mean, I don't know. I well, I, I didn't get the answers. But, but how they presented it is how they presented it. Okay. Which if they're presenting it a certain way. To me, that says that either they didn't find what they wanted from the study or the study itself was flawed that they did. So, yeah, so. if they're presenting it as total arsenic and they didn't break it down the way that it needs to be broken down, the study's either not very good or if the study was good, they didn't present it in a way that it should have been presented. They presented it the way right. that it gave the information that they wanted. Right, and that still may be the case, and, and but... I know that the Dr. Oz study was flawed. I can't say for sure that this one was, um, but it, but like you say, it, it, the, it, the flaws in the reporting. Um, but I do agree. I do think that the FDA should have set a level for apple juice. Um, I, I think that that's perfectly appropriate and hopefully that'll be looked at. So there's that one. And then the other one that I wanted to, to cover really quick, and I don't have a link for it, but uh, Prop 8 was found unconstitutional by um, by a court in California. And uh, the article that I read said that uh, the judges um, he he was he was clear and concise, and they think it'll go a long way towards the next appeal. You know, um, helping him out there. And basically, he, what he said in that is that it is unconstitutional to give certain rights to some people and not others and he basically said that it is perfectly constitutional for same-sex couples to marry that 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 it that is unconstitutional for us to deny them that right and he didn't just say it for california the way that it looks like um it's that it's just plain unconstitutional it goes against our constitution so i was uh, i was i was happy to read that and uh but of course it's they're, they're hoping that it's going to go all the way to the supreme court um it certainly it'll go through another um, appeal process in California because they're, I mean, they're not going to let it go. I'd be surprised if nobody appealed it. So it'll go. And is this, is it new? Is yeah, it was new. Happened? It was just, yeah. And it's, it's on the Amateur Skeptics Facebook page, the article. You still want me to get to Facebook, don't you? You're yes. not going to rest until I, I'm I not. I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I'll, I'll get it posted in here uh, and I'll send it to you. Thanks. I just, I, I mean, I followed it a lot when it first happened. I hadn't heard anything new. I thought that there was a judge who came out and said that a while ago, but it wasn't. Um, I, I, I thought it came out that the judge himself was gay, and there was a whole thing on whether or not he could say that or not. And it just kind of got mired into, okay, well, we're going to do this again in California. Like, it's not ready for Supreme Court yet. It has a couple of more steps to go through, but that it was in the in the process. But I didn't know there was anything new, so I'll have to. I'm I'll, pretty I'll sure. To yeah, I, I wish I knew where I had read. It. I had meant to put it in the document and forgot about it. No worries. We'll find it. We'll find it. So, yeah. So it, there's always time for civil rights. <laughs> absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. So I, I did want to mention that, and like I said, I'll, I'll find the article that I'm uh, referring to. Great. 
Okay. Onward to religious insanity. Yay. And civil rights. See, it's all okay. connected. <laughs> yeah, it actually is. Especially this first one, which um, I, when I first heard it, I really paused. It's like, wait a moment. Seriously, it's still happening? But and um, it's been in the news and stuff, so I'm sure most people have at least heard about it. But um, the article is, Kentucky Church Bans Interracial Couples. Um, so the small church in Kentucky, uh, if I my computer to scroll down, um, basically, over the summer, this one young lady who grew up with this church, this was her church, she went regularly, you know, she, she was a you know, regular follower, you know, these people knew her. Well, she had gone away and come back with a um, black fiancé. They were engaged. And um, so she comes back over the summer, and I guess they get on stage together. She, I believe she plays the piano, he sings and stuff, and, you know, obviously, you know, showing their faith. In the aftermath of it, um, the, a pastor who um, step, was stepping down in August, um, he made a comment suggesting that the church should stop that kind of stuff from happening, basically. Um, and the church members actually took a vote the committee members, and the vote was 9-6 to six in favor of a proposal to ban interracial couples from being members of the church. Wasn't his exact statement, we don't like your kind around here? Uh, but, <laughs> and, okay, they voted to ban interracial couples from most church activities to promote greater unity among the church body. I'm not sure how that promotes unity at all, but... Uh, it's... Does it? I, I'm sorry. Did you say unity opinion. or irony? <laughs> and um, the the official thing said um, parties of such marriages will not be received as members, nor will they be used in worship services or other church functions, with the exceptions being funerals. All are welcome to um, public worship services. <laughs> right. We'll still take your money. Yeah. And this recommendation is not intended to judge the salvation of anyone, but is intended to promote greater unity among the church body and the community we serve. Reading that, it's hard to figure out what the hell to say. I mean, you really are at a loss for words. It's like, wait, this is like sixty-year-old thinking. What the hell is it still doing it's, in the modern world? It's scary. So, would he have been welcomed there by himself? I guess so. I but guess. the fact that I, I do have a theory on that, and it all has to do with um, penis envy. But. Oh. <laughs> a bunch of white guys see this black guy come in they're like oh we can't measure up to him we, we, we don't want black guys with our white women because we're going to look really kind of shabby at that point well that's the short answer <laughs> but so anyways um once this hit the news uh pretty much the people above the church the you know because you have the church and you have whatever the next one was above them got him out and said uh guys you can't do that so the follow-up article is Kentucky Church overturned ban on interracial couples. And they were pretty much forced to because, you know, the level of church above them said, you guys are fucking idiots. <laughs> we're, we don't need that bad press. So guess what? <laughs> you don't get to do that. And it, it does say partially because, um, uh, I believe it said because um, it was unconstitutional. Well, which, yeah, they said it was against the law. <laughs> which to me yeah. is a poor reasoning for it. At least it's well, the right Well, thing, but they're a but private institution, so they, I'm not, I don't yeah, know. That's what I was about to say. They're a private institution, yeah. so they can... They can define their membership how they wish to. Yeah, but I mean, just like the just like the Boy Scouts, right? So I don't know. The the whole thing was it just gets me reading this and the, the guy going, "I'm not a racist." It's like really, why why do you need to say that then? 
Yeah, what the hell do you call it if that's not racism? I don't know. I don't know what to call like, that. It all has to do with penis envy. I'm positive of that. So. I'm not a racist. I just don't like me no miscegenation. <laughs> it was bad. Yeah. All right. Yeah. This is my favorite. I love this one. Kimberly, tell me Are about adopting atheists. Mommy? <laughs> I love this. Oh, this was so great. Go ahead. Okay. Well, our buddy and pal, and uh, we just love him so much, Bill Donahue from the Catholic League. Um, if you have not watched any of his videos, please treat yourself. Um, it's <laughs> it's kind of like seeing that congregation we were just talking about encapsulated into one guy, and then you double the stupidity, and uh, it's it's really kind of amazing. Anyway, he came up with a new idea that he thinks will really help. Um, it's a new initiative. And he believes that, um, he says that uh, approximately 80% of Americans are Christian. Um, and of the 20% who are not Christian, he thinks that, um, that there's not many atheists in there, that, that they're just not Christians or something else. But he wants people to realize that they actually are Christians and they just need to be introduced the right way to it. And so he decided that, that he thinks that his congregation should adopt an atheist. They should go and find the local listing of atheists. Um, and I'm not exactly sure where they find that. I think there was a law we discussed a few episodes ago. Uh, that no, that was, uh, yeah. It was, uh, uh, it was a blog post by a, by a, by a uh, pastor who pulled that blog post. To yeah, it, it, it doesn't matter. He'll f he, all he has to do is get on Meetup. He can go to the yeah. skeptics or atheist group, whichever. We're hard, He'll find we're hard to miss. Yeah, we're, we, so, we can be found. You give the link to it. Let's but do that. In, in all fairness, he doesn't want to find those people involved in those groups because they're, they're, they're not the people that they can convert. But Kyle right. Rupp is not listed on his list. So, oh, oh I, wanted, I wanted to be adopted. Yeah, me too. He, he quote, he's quoted as saying, we want atheists to realize that there may be Christians in their community, even if those Christians don't even know that they are Christian. That's I, that, I gotta say I, that's I biblically supported too, there. though. <laughs> that that's that's biblically supported. The, you know, the people might be Christians and not know that they're Christians. Uh, I can find some scripture to back that up. You, you don't have to. Okay, <laughs> thanks. Encouraging the Catholics to harass atheists. Basically, yeah. You but know, here's if they're the, looking okay. to adopt atheists, I want to talk about negotiating my allowance. This is a re this is a response to David Silverman, and David Silverman um, is the president of the atheist uh, American Atheists, um, who I gave money to this week. Um, and he said basically that you know there are people in these communities that are that you know that are closeted atheists, and some people who are atheists and they they might not realize it. So he so he so this guy is like. I agree with that, but in reverse. But what he's suggesting is far more than yeah. what David Silverman was, was okay, suggesting. David Silverman isn't saying go out and hunt down some random Christian and drag him in. He's saying, you know, talk to your family about, be open about what you believe. Right. And he's saying anything about harassing them and, you know, dragging them into your beliefs. Well, um, a friend of mine wrote on my Facebook, I think that this is the most offensive thing from religious people that I've seen this week. <laughs> this week, she said. This week, which I, I don't know with what's all coming out with the um, political stuff right now with the GOP campaigning and everything else. It, it's it's yeah, season for intolerance. There's some serious competition for that. Yeah, uh, you know, I love this. If we hurry, these closeted Christians can celebrate Christmas <laughs> like the rest of us. Oh, yeah. Yeah, as an exactly. added bonus, they would no longer be looked upon as people who believe in nothing, stand for nothing, I, and are good for nothing. Offensive. Yes, that, that was completely. Offensive. You know, I, I I disagree with some of these. You know, I, I'm not good for nothing. 
Well, no, I am. I'm sorry. I take that back. I'm good for nothing. Uh, I, I, I wouldn't say I stand for nothing, though. <laughs> yeah, well, I just, I just love the whole concept that there, that, that, that we may not know that there are Christians in the community. What? Yeah, but here's what? the. Well, I, I Actually, found this. Uh, technically, people who believe in nothing stand for nothing and are good for nothing. That's actually nihilists, not atheists. <laughs> But, yeah, well, uh, I've had I've had debates over the difference. For some reason, Christians really think that if you don't believe in God, if you don't believe in a higher power like that, you worship nothing. I'm like, there's a difference between actively worshiping nothing and just not worshiping anything. Right. Big difference. Well, what and was it funny? Really seem to not get that. Yeah, it was funny when this went up because I found this uh, that the um, thinking atheist posted this on Facebook, and I I saw it come up, and I'm like, oh, I got to check that out, and I clicked on it. Server was down. The, the server was way over capacity, so atheists were everywhere. We're going to look at this thing. <laughs> oh, it ex- it exploded. It exploded. And, and I think most atheists have the whole humor part of it. Of, of I, I mean, it wasn't an original thought of please adopt me. I mean, there were so many volunteers. Yeah, it was it was quite funny. Too yeah. funny. I reposted it. It got reposted everywhere. I mean, it was it was pretty good. Yeah, they can't win for losing these days. No, that, it was it was pretty funny though. All right. So, um, so are, are we gonna, are, are, are Christians really praying for George Michael to die? Apparently this one radical Christian group, um, is. Apparently George Michael <laughs> is that pure evil. So what's it called? Um, Christians for a Moral America is asking followers to pray for the death of singer George Michael. I wish granted he's mortal. <laughs> He'll die. Wait around will. long enough. Eventually, <laughs> yeah. It's a satanic yeah. lifestyle. He's openly gay. <gasps> the horror. So apparently. Well, okay. Let's gay. face it. He was actually kind of forced out of the closet. Yeah. Well. Yeah. We, we've all seen his Wham videos. <laughs> kind of. That part's like okay. All right. Let's pick on Christians, not George Michael. It's, but, it's like uh, why why pick on George Michael in particular? I, well, he's, because he's a public at figure. At the time, he had pneumonia, so yeah. it's like he's recuperating from pneumonia. Hopefully, he'll die of it. You know, the only thing I can think of that would cause them to go after Michael specifically is, are they are they musical? Doesn't say. Although they do, I, I think it does say that. Um, you know, most Christians are not part of this group. This is definitely a radical group. It's off. You know, from the mainstream. It is. You know, you know, this what? not a uh, what traditional Christians should be doing. If if you'll allow me to <clears throat> make the no true Scotsman fallacy. Any Christian who is praying for the death of another person cannot call themselves a follower of Christ. The the hippie savior from that book lays on the whole love thy enemy stuff pretty thick. Yep. Yeah. And uh, and I found some pieces of scripture that I thought um, would kind of help to uh, to uh, to bring this out. And you think you think they they're not they might just not be aware of this, and once they hear the good word, that's exactly what I'm thinking. Fix. I think that once I preach to them their gospel, are these <laughs> from the parts of the Bible that they didn't want to read? Oh well, Probably. you know these are early in the in the in the New Testament, um, so I would have thought they would have gotten to them. You know, I know that they don't read all the way into Timothy well, and everything. It's early. That's the thing. It's early on. They they, they get farther. I, and they just forget the old stuff. But it's in Matthew. <laughs> Isn't the Bible kind of like the Princess Bride, though? You you read the good bits, you skip the stuff you don't like. I guess. Yeah. So basically, um, uh, you uh, ye have heard that. It hail, hail be said, thou shalt, I'm so, what? 
It hath been said. It hath been said. I'm sorry. Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thy enemy. But I say unto you, love thy enemy. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them you that hate you. And pray for them which despisefully, despitefully, despitefully use you. And persecute you. And persecute you. Well, see, that's the thing. George Michael has not done anything against them. He's not really their enemy, per se, so they can go against him. See, if, 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 if he would go and, you know, use them and persecute them and hate them, then they'd have to love him. But because he doesn't do any of that stuff, you know, they can say, oh, he's screwed. We can send him to hell. Hmm. You <laughs> you might have me on what, that one. What this, is, what, what this probably is all about, they probably heard the song of faith and were <clears throat> rocking to it, and then they saw the video. <laughs> You know, who would Jesus do? I mean, what would Jesus do? <laughs> You're not implying that Jesus was bisexual. I'm not? I mean, well, no, I'm not. Theoretically, the concept of God shouldn't really have sex to it. So, you know, But here's the thing is that whether he has done anything to them, they're declaring this man as his enemy. Okay. As their enemy, right? He's the right. enemy of, of Christianity. Okay. He's doing the devil's work. But they are quote unquote satan satanic lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. right. They so they are praying for him. They're praying for him to die, but they're praying for him. <sighs> you know, they're following it as much as they feel like. Okay, I think that my pieces of scripture that I that I found here are relevant to the situation. They are. Okay. <laughs> hey, I, I can rip it apart like any other Christian and make it um make sense for what I want it to believe. All right. Quickly tell me about Pendulet's Ten Commandments. Okay, I found this, and I actually um, thought it was well done. Pendulet basically, um, for, okay, if, if atheists were to have Ten Commandments, what would be um, a good list of them? So this is what I came up with. Number one, the highest ideals are human intelligence, creativity, and love. Respect these above all. Two, do not put things or even ideas above other human beings. Let's scream at each other about Kindle versus iPad, Solar versus Nuclear, Republican versus Libertarian, Garth Brooks versus Sun Ra, but when your house is on fire, I'll be there to help. Three, say what you mean, even when talking to yourself. What used to be an oath to God is now quite simply respecting yourself. Put aside, this is number four, four, put aside some time to rest and think. If you're religious, that might be the Sabbath. If you're a Vegas magician, that'll be the day with the lowest grosses. Five, be there for your family. Love your parents, your partner, and your children. Love is deeper than honor, and parents matter, but so do spouse and children. Six, respect and protect all human life. Many believe that thou shalt not kill only refers to people in the same tribe. I say to all human life. Number seven, keep your promises. If you can't be sexually exclusive to your spouse, don't make that deal. Number eight, don't steal. This includes magic tricks and jokes. You know who you are. Nine, don't lie. You know, unless you're doing magic tricks and it's part of your job. Does that make it okay for politicians too? And number ten, don't waste too much of your time wishing, hoping, and being envious. It'll make you bug nutty. Oh, carve those suckers on a couple stone tablets. Those are pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that's it's you know a, a well thought out set of ten rules to live your life by, and some of them are very similar to the Ten Commandments, but with a little more reason and logic behind them. So I, I, I thought it was good, and well done. And now the only one I actually have a comment to make because I've, I've seen a better one phrased um, is number six: respect and protect all human life. One, I, 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 at one point was looking through some of the ideas of the Church of Satan, which is 
you, you have to say understand exactly what is actually pagan related, not Christian related, but I get all sorts of debates on that. But they have Ten Commandments as well. And I like their one that says, Thou shalt not kill needlessly. Because I feel it's much more honest than the Christian one of Thou shalt not kill. Because if you look at the Bible, you get the commandment, and God tells, oh, by the way, go kill these people for me. Well, but remember, he's only talking about the people in his tribe. He's only right. talking this, about Christians. He's not talking about infidels. But with the Church of Satan, Thou shalt not kill needlessly. They're referring to all life. You don't kill anyone or anything needlessly. You don't go around and, you know, step on a spider if you don't have to, because there's no point to it. And I, I always, that, that was one thing I actually liked when I was starting looking through the Church of Satan stuff, is they had that one rule, thou shalt not kill needlessly. And it refers to everything. The, you know, it's, there's no point in killing any life if you don't need to. But if there is a need, you have it, you know, you have to. It, and I felt that was so much more honest than the um, Christian one. Okay. So, all right. Yeah. Okay. All right. So let's get to this. Our war on Christmas. Okay. So, actually, and it's not our war on Christmas. Let's face it. It's the <laughs> war quotes on Christmas, because um, I I think anyone who's really paying attention is pretty much aware that this is one of the biggest loads of bullshit out there. Well, go ahead. Uh, Before you get to there, I mean, because I I would tend to agree with you. Um, but I mean, where where do you want to start with this? Well, um, it, it seems like about five or six years ago, the conservative fundamentalists all came out and started to look left and right for everything they could to declare war on Christmas. Okay, but I would say it's been going on much longer well, than that. It's been going on much longer, but it, it really, modern day, with the, the getting into the public eye and everything, it, it seems like it's been about five years. I, I would say that O'Reilly and some of the other conservatives yeah. have, have upped the ante. Yeah, they, they, they with, really, with the 24-hour news cycle right. of always yeah. trying to find a story. Right, exactly. So yeah. Into this huge thing that it, you know, it, you know, ten years ago it was there, but it was background, and but, it's been there for it, hundreds of years, I would say. But within about the last five years, a bunch of people said, "Let's bring it to the forefront." You know, and you have stuff like um, "Happy Holidays." Oh, the, the people are offended by Happy Holidays. The Christians are. Why? Because it's not Merry Christmas, and how dare you pretend there are other holidays going on. Yet the whole thing came about because um, merchandisers were saying, hey, you know what? Why don't we just do Happy Holidays for promotions instead of Merry Christmas, New Year's, all that other stuff? They we didn't say it. It wasn't quite like that. It's like, you know what? We may be uh, we may be alienating a certain portion right. of the population that would come and buy stuff from us. So let's say Happy Holidays and try and be inclusive so yeah. that we can make more money. It was, it was, it was economic. Pure be inclusive to the Jews celebrating Hanukkah. Yeah. Be inclusive to the Jehovah's Witnesses who are not celebrating Christmas at all. Well, they're not celebrating any holiday, so saying Happy Holidays to them is... Is wrong. And, and it's, it also, it's good irony, though. Yeah, yeah. it is. Yeah. And it also can cover a huge thing. It goes all, you can go from Thanksgiving to New Year's with the you know one basic thing. So you know it made sense. But then all the Christians said, "Oh, look, it's the non-believers trying to um, ignore Christmas and pretend <laughs> it doesn't exist, or you know, try it." It's the non-believers trying uh, to right, trying to trying to wipe out our holiday that we stole from the uh, Winter Yule Festival. Well, it's worse than that. I mean, it's not just the Winter Yule Festival. I mean, a Christmas is really a composite of a lot of different um, theologies right. and, and, and traditions. I mean, the, a lot of it came from, you know, uh, they, they took a lot of Roman traditions. That's probably where the gift-giving comes from. Um, the Egyptians, um, you know, um, the evergreens and stuff like that, they, they, they saw those as a, uh, as a fertility symbol. And I was surprised it was the Egyptians, but yeah, that, 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 that can be related back to the Egyptians as well as other places, I think, as well. Um, and, 
and culturally, 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 yeah, culturally wise, it was not celebrated heavily by our ancestors. You know, the English. You, um, when the pilgrims came over here, there was laws against it. You know, they had laws saying you do not celebrate Christmas. And it wasn't until the Victorian era when the German influence, where apparently Germany was actually still big with Christmas, um, brought it with them. And um, through the marriage, in fact, um, the book Brian had lent me talked about how um, a Christmas carol was extremely inaccurate because when it was written, it was trying to give a sense of history to Christmas celebrations. When at the time it was written, there was no such history. Right. Um, Dickens kind of, he... he, um he he basically just made that up and and we've gone from there but one of the things that's interesting about you know about that is that when he wakes up in the morning he goes uh, and he has somebody go to the butcher shop and, and buy a turkey really on christmas shouldn't they be closed one thing so yeah so i mean yeah, so a lot of these traditions didn't even exist at that time they were they were yeah. made up so they're much more modern than what they'd like. You know, the whole history of Christmas is not this huge thing that's been going on for centuries. It's relatively new. It kind of has, though. I mean, yeah, the way that we celebrate it, maybe, but they, but the Christians have been trying since, you know, um, but being as big as Roman times. Now, it's huge now. It's bigger than it's ever been before. Yeah, but there's a lot more Christians than there were at Roman times, too. But also, it has spread become um, a whole different holiday. Well, absolutely, I agree with that. the The idea of of um, worshiping the the birth of Christ at, at you know at the time would have been um, kind of odd, if not almost blasphemous. I mean, yeah. the, the, and why why would you do that? Right. In fact, um, I have a link here to a book called "Holidays Are Holy Days." Doesn't matter which days we observe uh, observe, which is a Christian. Um, uh, I know the word I want to say, a, a Christian um, document written by this one church that explains why you shouldn't celebrate Christmas as a holy day. And it goes into Easter as well and briefly talks about Halloween. That's one thing I love. I kind of skimmed over Halloween as if, you know, that's not really much of a holy day, but it mostly focused on Christmas and talked about the basic idea that the Bible doesn't tell us to celebrate that. There's nothing in the Bible to even suggest that we should have that as a whole. No, and, and in fact, I think that you could say that um, um, the Jehovah's Witnesses are probably more correct in the way that they've interpreted the Scripture, and by yep. not celebrating it, they're probably more accurate. Yeah. Well, ho- holidays and holy days was quite interesting because it, it it wasn't one that just saying it's an evil, evil holiday. It went into the logic of what the Bible says about holy days and says, okay, stuff like Passover, that's in the Bible. Right. You know, the Bible tells you to celebrate it. It tells you it is a holy day. It tells you, you know, what to do with it. And it it explains, the Bible even says to be wary of false holy days and such like that. So it's actually a good read. You can download the PDF or you can actually go to the site. Um, they'll send you a free copy of, you know, free physical copy of the pamphlet. It's actually an interesting read. Yeah, and I read it. I read through the Christmas stuff and got to the Easter stuff. And, and that's where I, I, I stopped. But I, I'm going to read the rest of it. Yeah. Um, it was quite interesting. Then if you look back on the more recent war on Christmas, the atheists haven't been involved until the last few years when we were told we were involved. Well, and we were told by Bill O'Reilly. I mean, let's yeah. face it. The, the atheists, most atheists celebrate this and don't have a huge problem with it. And they try to see it as secular, which I, I really disagree with. I, I don't think that you and, can and, and say and Christmas. And that's what we're discussing to finish the podcast. Yeah, okay. so we'll get to So, it. yeah. So I, this is certainly not a war propagated by atheists. I think no, that's, the, the Jews are one of the bigger culprits, but right now the Jews can't be viewed as the enemies of Christian because of pro- 
prophecy stuff. Right. It's trust. But the Jews, the Jewish people were actually some of the first ones saying, "Hey, listen, wait a moment. Aren't we supposed to have freedom of religion? Why, why are you guys busy pushing Christmas on us? Can't we put some Hanukkah in there?" And their initial thing was, "Hey, just give us, l- let us have as much public display of our beliefs as you're doing for yours." And that's how the, the American War on Christmas is really started with that. If you look at it. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's been a lot of the problems. The, the, the Jewish people are saying, hey, listen, you're going to put up a manger seat? Let us put up a big um, menorah right next to it. Let us, you know, show our faith because there are other people, the Christians out there. Right, and I, and I, and I see some legitimacy in what they're saying for sure. And, you know, we've seen some stuff like that. Since the atheists are involved, like, okay, we'll put up our stuff. And, you know, they did that, I believe it was last year. They had the um, Winter Solace sign up in one of the Capitol buildings right next to the manger scene. Right, but ultimately so, this is a war propagated by the media. And, and, the, and the Christians have always kind of had this war on Christmas. And by doing this, by, by setting it up um, – um, the way that they have, it, it keeps it in the public eye because yeah. they, they, they promote this controversy, whether it is actually there or not, because it keeps it alive. And it allows them to play the victim card. Right, and exactly. They, which we all know they love to do. Yes. Yeah. And um, on here, one of the most I, – I, 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 I'm not about to buy a copy of the movie, but I'd almost like to hunt it down just to see how bad it is. But I have an um, article called Who Are the New Go-To Movie Villains? How about atheists? Oh, yeah, I saw and, that. Um, basically, a, a group actually came out with the movie. It was a directed DVD called Christmas with a Capital C. And apparently the main storyline is the small town um, always celebrates Christmas, always great. And this um, uh, nefarious plot by a big city scumbag to ruin Christmas for everyone in the hometown. Basically, I, I guess the guy went away, came back as an atheist. Um, and comes back to his hometown and decides to destroy Christmas for everyone because, you know, that's what atheists do. Kind of sounds like they ripped off a Christmas carol. Kind of. Uh, Yeah. I I haven't seen that. They they, they do have a, they they did at one time have a link to the trailer for it. The trailer is hysterical. Uh, I saw it, it, I saw it a while back when it first came out. And hmm. I mean, the, the acting is hysterical. The it's, it's, it's fun to watch for sure. All right. Yeah, so I, I really feel like this is the, uh, propagated by Christians for Christians, you know, yeah. so that they keep their awareness up. Because it isn't atheists. They don't, most atheists don't give a crap. Even if they don't want to celebrate, they don't care what you do. It is difficult yeah. to have it constantly rammed down your throat everywhere you go. And that's when I start to sympathize with, you know, the Jehovah's Witnesses, Muslims, and other, other cultures and people who do not, do not celebrate this holiday because it is, it is everywhere. It is everywhere. I mean, um, before Thanksgiving, I was in a Walmart. They were already playing Christmas carols. Yeah. So I, I mean, I have some issues with that for sure. With the, with, I mean, it's like, even if you're not going to do it, we're going to, sh- I mean, it's going to be shoved down your throat everywhere you go. And the, uh-huh. it, it, I, I find that difficult. And Kim here put, put a link at the end, um, the naughty list. Which yeah, I've this is great. Before. But basically, these Christian groups who decide if you're not going to promote Christmas, you're, we're going to tell everyone to um, boycott you. you. Right. And uh, use Happy Holidays above Merry Christmas. It's like seriously. There was a link to this from one of your articles too. That, yeah, well, they've been doing this for a couple of years now, but they actually will give you a list of companies that are using Happy Holidays and not Merry Christmas, and you're supposed to boycott them. Right. And now, who's being intolerant now? Oh yeah. Well, who's always intolerant? <laughs> All right, but maybe I'm overgeneralizing, too. but... Well, this is why I call it this season of intolerance. 
I mean, who cares if Barnes & Noble says Happy Holidays instead of Merry Christmas? I don't. It was about two or three years ago, uh, I want to say it was Sears, but I'm not sure, where what they did was in one of their ads, they um, li- listed a Muslim holiday. It wasn't like a huge thing. They, they just said that, oh, uh, oh, we wish for someone, you know, enjoy such and such a holiday. It was a Muslim holiday. And the Christian groups were up in arms over that. It's like, it's not like they put a whole page ad saying the um, Muslim tree or anything like that. All they did was say, hey, listen, for our Muslim um, c- customers, we hope you enjoy your holiday you celebrate. Right. That was it. Just because it was close to Christmas at the time. It's apparently one that moves around, but this that year it just happened to fall near Christmas. It, it doesn't matter. If, if yeah. you went into a retailer and they said Happy Hanukkah, these people would be up in arms. It's like, well, yeah. what if what if it's a, a Jewish corporation? Wouldn't that be more appropriate then for them to say Happy Hanukkah? You know, but oh. I, I tell you what, these, in, the, I mean, the, it's intolerant groups like this that, that make me want to have a war on Christmas. No, that's another thing I've noticed. Like I said, the atheists weren't too involved in this until Bill O'Reilly and them came out and said, you guys have to stop fighting the war, or, you know, going against Christmas. That's war on Christmas, you guys, and so we're like, we did what now? Yeah, Hannity's part of problem too. We, we can't blame it all on O'Reilly, but he, I mean, he's <laughs> a big a problem. Yeah, you know, I, I read an article written by, uh, Bib Stein talking about the same thing. And so a lot of the conservatives just came out of the woodworks on this. <sighs> But it, it, and so the atheists are like, well, okay, you guys want a war on Christmas? Well, we can, you know, put our views out there and tell everyone what we think if you really want us to. Right. And I'm not offended when somebody says Merry Christmas to me. I, I don't know anyone that is. Right. But I'm not going to say Merry Christmas to anybody. And that's your right. Like I said, that's when we'll finish up with the discussion on this. So now Brian went and did a small list of truth and myths about yeah, Christmas. Yeah, because there's a lot of, there's a lot of things, um, you know, that people say, like, um, like one, one of the big things is, um, I, I, I had thought, I didn't realize it wasn't true, but I thought there was more suicides during the holidays. Um, and so I, so I set out to find out whether I was right or wrong about this. I was wrong. Um, that this is a myth. Um, and, and I went to, I found it at Snopes first and, um, which wasn't good enough for me. Um, I went and found it a couple of other places to verify their sources and stuff. Um, and it's, it's the Mayo Clinic that, that, um, did one of the studies. And sure enough, that there is, there is no reason to believe that during the holidays, there is an increased amount of suicide. Um, but I was surprised by that because there is an increased amount of depression during the holiday holidays and I, I and uh, depression can lead to suicide, but it hasn't led to an increase. But there is an increase of um, um, uh, of, you know, because of stress from the holidays and stuff like that more. There is an increased amount well, of depression. Actually, I don't know if this goes into one thing I had read is the depression factor actually um, starts up about the beginning of fall. And it actually is seasonal related. Well, with the weather so you're talking about sad. Yeah. And I think that these studies tried and but maybe not completely tried to eliminate that. Um, but I but it would be hard to uh, um, to eliminate seasonal depression. Uh, Defective disorder. Yeah, see, um, seasonal yeah. affected disorder. Yeah. Sad. Yeah. So, so you do talk about that. In the, in yeah. This one. And, and that could very well be the cause. Um, the, like I say, I think that these article, that these studies try to separate that out. Um, but I, 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 not reading the full studies. I could never say how close they got to that. So, um, so take it for what it is, right? Right. It may not, it, it, it 
I, I will freely admit that it may not just be the holiday, but certainly during this time of year, there is more depression, but not more suicide. Um, so, so the, I thought those were interesting findings for me. Um, I looked up, you know, the, the population in the United States, and then I tried to look at, you know, what people claim their religious affiliations are. And I think that it's somewhere around 96, maybe a little less, a percentage of people that celebrate Christmas, but, or at least claim to be Christian. I, I guess there are, there are certain sects of Christianity, um, such as the Jehovah's Witnesses, and I don't think they're the only ones that do yeah, not uh, Jehovah's celebrate. Witness does oh. not, Je- Jehovah's Witnesses do not consider themselves Christians. They don't. My father. No. They it, use the the Christian Bible. I, I guess I'm surprised. They do not consider themselves Christians. I didn't know that. I've I've spoken to. I I remember having a conversation with a Jehovah's Witness, and it was very very clear on this point that they do not consider themselves Christians. I. I thought it'd be opposite that 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 other Christians considered them Christians. That's what I would have thought I, too. I, I didn't know that they did. Yeah, I didn't they know. do not identify themselves as Christians. They they identify themselves as Jehovah's Witnesses. Okay, but That's, he was not okay. My, my biological father, Dale. Apparently, he belonged to I believe it was the Universal Church of God, and they don't celebrate Christmas there. My, apparently, before I was born, um, I think it was all before I was born. I know I I grew up with Christmas. But my mom said when she married him, they did not celebrate Christmas. He, um, he, his religious belief said he wasn't allowed to. So, and it was a Christian sect. That's interesting. Okay, so I, I looked at that, and then I also looked at holiday debt, and what was it, two thousand nine, um, from Credit dot com, saying that uh, people had set themselves limits, and generally they would go over by a hundred dollars. But it was, the, I mean, the amount of money. $700 per person that people were spending is seems to me like a, a lot of money because I can only imagine, you know, it, it for for a household with kids and everything up at, yeah. I mean, that's the average to... that that's, you know, so that's that's like crazy talk to me. Right. But a but lot of these people are doing this on credit and and have a lot of problems. And that's why there are so many vultures out there with, you know, ways to help with your holiday credit. Right. But, um, of course, one of the things we all know is that Christmas more or less has become nothing but a um, retailer's dream. You know, Christmas isn't, the way Christmas is in our country right now, it is more about buying everything, you know, for most people. Yeah, it's consumerism. Yeah, consumerism. Mm -hmm. Whatever your religious beliefs are, um, there's a lot of people convinced that the main way you show how much you love Christmas is by buying stuff left and right. What would Jesus buy? <laughs> nice. Well, Walmart's reinstated layaway for the holiday season. Yeah, they did that last year too. They um they had some things up about Christmas credit cards also, I believe. So Yeah. So yeah, now that's not surprising, you know. I think everyone more or less knows what it's become. You know, we never spend much, but we never have much to spend anyways. But that, you know, you do hear about some people that really get carried away. Well, yeah, so. I mean, people people build up a lot of of credit card debt during this time of year, and you look at how much merchants merchants count on that, um, because the because this is fifty percent of what they're going to make for the year they make at Christmas, which to me is insane. Um, the other people who count on the Christmas holiday are. Um, our um, charity organizations that they will also get more donations during this time of year, which actually I, I think that uh, um, they they would prefer to have regular infusions throughout the year instead of yeah. all at once. And so and so for them it really I mean they, they're glad to get the money, but they would rather that people were you know were donating regularly throughout the year. That makes sense. Yeah. 
And the, and the only people that I've given to money over the holidays are atheist organizations. So we're ready for a final discussing question. All right, let's do it. Okay, so the, obviously the basic question that comes up, and this was in the book that we're going to probably make a few references to. I, I, um, Brian loaned it to me last year, and he's reading it right now. Um, the Trouble with Christmas by Tom, Tom Flynn. Yeah, and he works for CFI. Yeah. And basically, the book itself does ask this question. Should non-believers celebrate Christmas? So, Kim, we haven't heard from you for a little while. Why don't you start off? Okay. Um, well, I, I do um, celebrate. I mean, I, I, I enjoy it. I, we didn't decorate a ton this year, uh, but we have, a, we have a tree up, and, um, and we'll be definitely doing presents, and uh, we're going to have, you know, like a big Christmas Eve dinner. Um, there have been times, um, Stacy likes, used, used to like to go to church on Christmas Eve and I would go with her and, you know, be all respectful and, and nice and stuff, even if I didn't sing along or go for communion or any kind of that, that stuff. Um, but I just, I've always loved the time. I think it's a great reason to celebrate the people that you love and, um, you know, I, I'm I'm fine with the fact that there's some religious overtones. I still enjoy the whole thing, so I I'm definitely a celebrator. Okay, Mac, what you got? I I say hell's yes, celebrate Christmas. Um, I think Christmas should be a holiday for. I think it should be a holiday for goodwill, not for anybody's particular uh particular religious agenda. I think it should be for people who want to get together in fellowship with their with their family, with their friends, and just just celebrate the fact that you've got a warm time during the cold months. And Brian, I'm I'm going with no on this. I have some serious problems. I, I I'm I'm tired of the consumerism. Um, for me, okay, and I have no particular attachment to Christmas. Um, I don't like the way that makes my family act. Okay, I think that it breeds intolerance, and I'm. And I'm quite frankly just sick of it. I don't enjoy it. There are aspects that I enjoy. I don't mind getting together with the family. Um, and, but I think, I think if I eliminate the consumerism part of it, I, I might be okay. Um, okay. cause I like cooking the meal, you know, and I don't mind that, but I, 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 I don't like, you know, it's like my kids, they get stuff throughout the year. Why do I, why, why do I have to pick a special time to do that? I, and, and I do that for birthdays. I like celebrating their birthdays, but I, I do not feel that this is necessary. They certainly don't need to get more crap. <laughs> and so there's there's some aspects of this that I, I just don't like. And, and one of the things that I, I really don't like is th- that I feel that there are people out there who, who don't want to celebrate this holiday, and they shouldn't have to um, – endure it in the way that it's being presented. And I don't think it's a secular holiday. I do think that it has serious religious overtones. And and we can go back and we can say, well, you know, that's paganism. They got that from paganism. They did well, fine. But I have no attachment to paganism either. Um I, I, I'm trying to, you know, can can I can I get into the solstice? You know, the the idea of the, you know, the 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 shortest day and that the sun is coming back. Um no, because uh science has pretty much proven that the, the sun is coming back. Um, I, I don't have to have a special celebration to welcome the sun back. I don't have to keep a light on for the sun so that it knows its way back. It's not necessary. So I, I'm, I'm really First struggling with how, how, what I'm going to do with this holiday. 
Um, this year we're celebrating, but my wife has told me the only reason that she does it is is because you know I did it and I did it because of my family, and uh, I, I think I'm done um, with many aspects of it. I'm not going to go as far as Tom Flynn, I don't think, and, and just not go see family and stuff like that. I may do that, but I just may refuse the commercialism side of it. Um, but I'm struggling with it right now because I, there's a lot of aspects of it that I do not like. But I don't mind going and seeing my family. But I'll tell you this: there's a the the um oh and and a lot of that's because you know the family that I go see are atheists. The 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 Christian side of the family, and I think that it, it has a lot to do with probably my views and the fact that I'm willing to talk about them if it comes up. Um, they don't want to come to Christmas anymore. <laughs> Uh, you know, and, and, cause I, one year I Christmas shared with them that, that the tree was a, you know, pagan fertility symbol. And, uh, that, and I, and, and one person in my family did not appreciate that. Even though it's the truth, you know, I, I have a huge problem with the fact that Christians haven't even looked at where they're, where, what they're celebrating comes from and what it actually means and what's actually going on. They, they just completely ignore it. I can understand that. In, in the past, um, you know, especially with when the holidays just seem to bunch up together, I've actually said that I could probably go a whole year without celebrating any holidays, any birthdays, except for Halloween. That'd be the only one I'd have to celebrate. All the other stuff I could do without. Yeah, and I don't feel like I, – I know that Halloween is everywhere when it happens, but I don't feel like people who don't celebrate are are persecuted as much as people who don't celebrate Christmas. And there is a heavy persecution for people who do not celebrate. If you tell them you don't celebrate Christmas, it's like this horrible thing, particularly if you have kids. Yeah, I can understand that. Yeah, and I, 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 I agree with you on a lot of the stuff. Um, I mean it is – and I, I recognize my own hypocrisy of – you know, being my devout atheist that I claim to be and then, you know, going ahead and sucking up to all of this stuff. Um, a lot of it is nostalgia. I mean, it was a big thing when I was a kid and I always enjoyed it. Um, Nothing wrong with nostalgia. Well, there, there, I think there, there can be hypocrisy in nostalgia for sure. Um, but it's, it, it's, it's, it's a line, right? I mean, one of the things that I, I kind of miss in the atheist community and I'm kind of hoping will eventually d- discover itself. <laughs> As I think there is a need for celebration. There is a need to say, this day we're going to set aside to really reflect on on just how much we love the people in our lives. Because that's important and it can get lost during the year and and, and all the stuff. This is a convenient time to do it because, to Brian's point, everybody else is doing it already. But I don't think it happens. But I would love to separate it out. I, I don't think it happens as much as we would like to think that it is. And that's part of my problem. And, I, and I'm okay with a little bit of hypocrisy. I, I'm, I, I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna say this is for me. This is me personally. I would never tell anybody else not to celebrate. And, and that's what pro- problem I had with Tom Flynn in Trouble with Christmas. Cause it seemed like his conclusion was if you, if you're a non-believer, you should not celebrate Christmas. Yeah, There's but no he did, but he's not persecuting for people to do that. And he was writing a book. But I, I felt he was a bit too saying, listen, you know, it shouldn't be allowed kind of thing for non-believers. That's what it felt like to me. He said, you know, if, if you're a true non-believer, you're going against the ideas by celebrating Christmas. And to me, one of the aspects of being a non-believer is you have the freedom. And that's why my answer on the question is, yes, non-believers, if they want to, should celebrate Christmas and feel perfectly comfortable doing so, because now, it should be about your choice. Yeah, and, I, uh, and yeah, and I'm absolutely good with that. As far as what you're saying about the commercialism aspect of it, the commercials I've been watching on uh, when I've been watching TV and Hulu, the commercials have just been execrable. Um, 
diamonds this, diamonds that, yeah. and, you know, the woman jumping up and down like an eight-year-old because she got diamonds, and, and the guys in the Sears Tool commercial just as bad jumping up and down because they got a drill. Actually, I right. give my wife a hard time. She'll see the commercials with jewelry and stuff. Ooh, you need to give me that for Christmas. Like, you're, being, you're buying into the commercialism of it. Is that really what you want? Is that really something you desire? She's like, you know what? I really don't. Well, here's, here's the kind of asshole I am. My wife doesn't have a <laughs> ring. I, because I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it. Okay. I don't wear a ring. I do not need a, a piece of metal or diamond for me to have a commitment to somebody. And it, and, and this was me rebelling. I, you know, that's fine. And, uh, so, so we don't have rings. And she didn't want one either. And I'm, I'm lucky that I, I, that I have found a person who had some of the same kind of feelings about these things that I did. Yeah. Well, me and my wife didn't buy rings. The rings we have were actually my great grandmothers, I believe, or great grandparents. So you know that, that the the idea of going out and spending a whole bunch of money on an engagement ring and stuff. No, she got what you know. My, my mother said, "Hey, listen, if you guys get engaged, you can have my grandparents' rings." And so our engagement ring was from one side of my mom's family, and our wedding rings from were from the other. So we didn't go out and spend a bunch of money on that. We it's a nice tradition. Yeah, yeah, I I have a huge now, appreciation for that. I got to say, I, I I that I can appreciate. My uh, my wife had a ring at one point, but and she still has it, but only because she took it off because her fingers keep changing size. Uh, same with me. So what we picked up was we picked up pendants that we liked. We have a pair of matching pendants. And and for me, I appreciate that more than the ring because you found something that works for you. And we don't have to wear those pendants every day. We have them. We remember that where they came from, which is that we gave them to each other on our wedding. And, you know, we don't have to wear them every single day. And that's one of the things. You can make Christmas wherever you want. You don't have to do the commercialism. You can, yep. you know, we're talking about changing um, traditions and creating our own unique style. And that's almost probably what we, you know, I think the atheist community might want to start doing is really saying, okay, we want to celebrate Christmas, but we, you know, let, let's make it into our own thing. Let's really start looking at what we can do to redo the traditions to be what we want. Last year we made gifts. This year we're taking be- taking stuff over and people get to make their own gifts. We had a budget of seventy dollars. We went over it by about ten. That's good. That's excellent. My, my wife's it's not seven hundred. Yeah. My wife's been doing a lot of homemade gifts over the years. It's every year she comes up with a new project of you know stuff she's making for the grandparents and such. So mm-hmm. there, there is a, a fight against the commercialism. Yeah, I, I and I appreciate that. I really do. Yeah. So. So it sounds like the basic thing. Is, um, I, I think we all kind of agree. It sounds like that if the non-believers want to celebrate Christmas, they shouldn't see that as some something to um, be ashamed of or anything. Absolutely, and and you know, and in my be rant afraid to create your own traditions. Yeah, right. Exactly, and but in my rant is is in no way. Um, I, I wouldn't I, like I say I, I would never tell anybody that not to celebrate the way that they want to, and that's where I have the whole problem with the war on Christmas. I do not have a war on Christmas. Right, and I think that's the general consensus among atheists. We don't hate Christmas. We have no problem with it. You know, you can go out, the beautiful lights. You know, some of these houses are just incredibly well done and well worth going. There's one over in Denver where not only do they do the whole house, they do the backyard. They'll actually let you walk into their backyard, and it is just beautiful. Yeah, yeah, there, there's you know, a lot of places like that. It's very well done. It, uh, you know, I, I can't. This, I can't put that down. It's a beautifully done thing. It, it's a great expression. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of stuff like that this time of year. I, you know, there's Christmas songs that really are 
you know, good songs to listen to. They're enjoyable. They're pleasant. Like you Weird know, Al's The Night Santa Went Crazy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love Weird Al. <laughs> yeah. He's fantastic. So, so, there's a lot of good stuff that you can enjoy that, you know, is out there that isn't really necessarily something that I, I think atheists have any problems with. So, you know. And now, of course, for the perfect Christmas gift, we will go to Sean and let him talk about Gooby Gone Ghost Repellent Spray. Absolutely. You know, I, I came across this. Uh, one of my web comics had this, I, this ad up on their site, and apparently this is a spray that drives off ghosts, and they have a ton of testimonials on the site. Well, now, hold on, hold on. It doesn't drive off ghosts. It prevents attachments. Uh, and it only drives away the ghosts you want driven away. <laughs> Apparently. Which is even better. Let's see here. Um, testimonials. Let's see. Paravisions out of Middletown, Ohio uses Ghoul Be Gone faithfully during every investigation, both for personal cleansings and area cleansings. Unbelievable product. Ordering more right now. Doesn't it sound like a, a douche product? Doesn't it sound like those old douche heads? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Stay fresh. You know, I'm not sure if it's made of vinegar and water or not, actually. But <laughs> What a fantastic product. Used it last night at Booby Mackey's during a ghost investigation with Pararock Reductions. It brought only in only light and love. Smiley face. <laughs> Donette Springer Cook in Wilder, Kentucky. Wow. Technically, I should have read that testimony with an accent. Would you please? <laughs> I'm just taking a look at the prices of these things. Uh, this cool be gone soap. That's yeah, awesome. well, and they have the candles. If you already have an attachment, you can use the candles. You can burn candles to you know to get rid of the attachment. And uh, the apparently, spray, it will also it'll also break you up out of a re abusive relationship as well. It doesn't say whether the re abusive relationship was with a ghoul or not, but. I have been in a, in a very abusive relationship for almost a decade. Somebody gave me a ghoul begone candle as a gift. I took it home and lit it. After about an hour, something lifted. Something <laughs> comma lifted. It was really strange. I like. I felt like whatever was keeping me stuck. Here's the I thing: is that they're making claims here, and we should we should um, email these people with um, with the power balance trial information. <laughs> I don't know. The uh, did you check out the before and after? The uh, yes. chakra pictures are pretty clear. I don't, <laughs> yeah, I don't know I how you're going to argue with yeah, that. Yeah, those <laughs> those couldn't have been faked. Outlets coming soon. <laughs> Who could fake pictures like that, Brian and Baxter? Who? <laughs> you can also you can also order wholesale from the uh, maker. Well, yeah, they don't have a retailer. <laughs> no, but it's coming soon. Oh uh, yeah, here's how that. Let's see, the candle is a five-ounce tin in, infused with the Gulbigon Mystical Blend scented with vanilla and sandalwood. <laughs> the Room Spray, this four-ounce bottle for $22, packs a powerful punch. Use at your own risk. Not what? intended for skin what? contact or contact with eyes. Wait, so where do you spray this stuff? Huh? Where do you spray it? Apparently not on your skin or in your eyes. What the heck? I think it's, it's for the room, yeah. Oh, is that what you're going to spray in the room? Yeah. It's pretty so, awesome. That's pretty amazing. Four <laughs> ounce bottle for twenty two bucks. Oh my god! Yep. It's like that. Well, that water is a pint. And whoever's buying this is driving away the demons of poverty from the people who are making it. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that's excellent. And where'd you? How'd you find this? How'd you come across it? Uh, it was one of my web comics had this up as an advertisement. I almost feel like the person who put this together 
was like a, a skeptic gone to the dark side. It does. I don't know why of, we're yeah. not going to the dark side. I mean, we we deserve this money. <laughs> but but here's the problem, Kim, is that we're already tainted. We can't do it because somebody will just find this podcast and and you're in trouble. <laughs> You don't you don't think you could put together a conversion story about how you uh, were a skeptic until you got Ghoul Be Gone and then that showed you that you nope. got your chakras aligned? Yeah. I couldn't put together a conversion story, but I'm you know who could? Ian. No. My <laughs> wife. Your wife could, yeah. You remember I bet she the could. you remember the the yeah. the the advertisement she put together for the pendants? Yes. That was brilliant. <laughs> Kimberly, did you ever read I'm going to go with disturbing on that. I don't that. think so. I, I, you'll have to send me oh, that was, link. It was fantastic. Yeah, add it to the show notes for sure. <laughs> Is she she used the words quantum rebound field to describe. Oh yeah, the, yeah. she she had all the buzzwords in there. She certainly knew all the buzzwords to put in there. She it would she hit them all. She she mixed um, stuff from Power Balance with the Tom Shane Diamond commercials. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, well, I do hope I get some ghoul be gone for Christmas, <laughs> given to me by Santa Claus and the little baby Jesus. It's the perfect <laughs> present for Ebenezer Scrooge. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> you know, it's when right. you say the little baby Jesus, all I can think of is uh, hey. Talladega Nights with uh, Will Ferrell. <laughs> yeah, you know, his wife is saying, "Well, he was an adult. He grew up into a man." Well, I like to think about him as a little baby. <laughs> Will ghoul be gone repel zombie Jesus? <laughs> That's a good question. I think it probably will. Then yeah, I think that we need we're gonna to, have to figure that. Yeah, out we'll, we're show. definitely going to. Yeah, we're, we'll definitely need this for Easter. <laughs> we can spare our bonnets because because so that's the only time I can wear my bonnet in public. I hope the I hope all the Christians that are listening, because I'm sure we have plenty of listeners, are relieved by the fact that we are not just attacking them. We're one attacking of the, anybody. One of the three. Anybody we can get our our hands on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, good. Well, everybody have a merry whatever. Is this the last one for the year, or we got one more? Oh, we got one more. We got yeah. one more. We're going to do one the day after Christmas. The day after okay. Christmas. Yeah. Good deal. Yeah. The heathens we should will... look into going earlier. I, we'll probably all have the day off since the government mandates that we enjoy the Christmas holiday. That's true. They do. Well, Christmas is on Sunday, so. Right, but almost all businesses are closed on Monday in observance. Yes. So. I have Monday off. I do. You know what one of my favorite my favorite Christmas traditions is? One of my favorite Christmas traditions is figuring out who's going to be at the house that you haven't picked up a gift for and going and shopping at Walgreens because they have some of the most oddball stuff. <laughs> uh, hey, you know what? I was just thinking everybody should take out Bad Lip Read. They did a Ron Paul. Nice. Yes, and all I'm gonna—I'll give you a little, you know, brief thing. You know that nobody wants to deal with the bad feces pudding. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it's awesome. Sorry. All right. Anything else? Let's get out of here. All right. All right, everybody. Thank you for good listening night. to the Amateur Skeptics Podcast. Say good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Amateur Skeptics Podcast. For more information about the Amateur Skeptics, go to AmateurSkeptics.com. To send us feedback, suggestions, or big flaming insults, feel free to contact us at WTF at AmateurSkeptics.com. Other contact information can be found on our website. 
You can leave a voicemail for the Amateur Skeptics Podcast at 720-295-7785. Music for this podcast was provided by OFM. To find out more about OFM, go to mindspace.com forward slash OFMHQ. This podcast is released under a Creative Commons, no derivatives, 3.5 license. Thank you for listening to the Amateur Skeptics Podcast. Amateur Skeptics website, Facebook, and podcast album art is provided by and copyright Shadow Knight Digital Portraiture. Larger prints or custom pieces are available upon request. <laughs>